Hi, I'm Ryan. Hi, and I'm Zach. And this is the complete guide to Koholint. Hi, Ryan. Zach, what is the idea of this podcast? So, uh, Ryan, there's a video game that both of us like, uh, I'd say quite a bit. Mm-hmm. It's uh, The Legend of Zelda uh, Link's Awakening, mm-hmm. uh, released for the Game Boy in 1992, uh, later released as a deluxe version in a different year in the 90s. Yes. Um, we are both fans, and we both replayed it recently. Yeah. Kind of just out of accident. Um, and we were talking about how we like this game, and I pitched a really dumb idea for a podcast, and now we're doing it. Woo! Uh, what was the idea that you pitched? So, I like the map on Link's Awakening a lot. We've talked a lot about the map and mm-hmm. how good it is. And I thought it would be fun to get very granular and overanalyze the overworld map of Link's Awakening uh, in such a way that we can devote a short little podcast to each individual map tile. Uh, of the overworld map. It's divided up into these little 8 by It's, it's... The whole overworld of Kahalan is a 16 by 16 grid. Each screen that you travel to is like a separate little piece of land that all mm-hmm. interconnects. It's 8 by 8 tiles big. Well, it's 8 by 10, isn't it? Oh, I'm sorry, 8 by 10. I already screwed up. It's, we gotta start over. I think it so, is. No, it's 8 by 10. I have the note here. Oh, okay. It's uh, 8 by 10 um, where Link is like one tile on the screen and most enemies are like one tile on the screen. Um, So it's like not that big, but even with that kind of small limitation, there's a real lot of expression they do in creating a really cool and like well thought out overworld map, even compared to like some later Zelda games and its contemporaries. Yeah. Um, and so I thought it would be fun to go through the map and talk about Link's Awakening and use that as a jumping off point to talk about how we like this game. Yes. It's also timely because I didn't, I forgot, but yeah, there's a, they're doing a remake of this game later out. Yeah. Did we start playing the, did we replay Link's Awakening because the switch version announcement reminded us i didn't because i have another weird list i work off of for the games i play that is stupid and so my list brought me to link's awakening at this time and so zach is trying to play all the zelda likes that have ever been released in order of release and i think that that experience is going to be invaluable in analyzing links i've seen a lot of weird off-brand zelda games lately and so it's kind of cool to see how things match up and see how things that i thought would be good are not actually good but well yeah like just thinking about um i saw some parts of willow which you were playing willow was cool and, like, but the world, the map... Oh, it's bad. Yeah. But Willow was neat. It was interesting. Okay. It had some ideas behind it that I really liked. In retrospect, compared to some of the other ones, I really liked, I really liked Willow. Oh, okay. Um, well, this isn't a podcast about Willow. I shouldn't have brought it up. It's a podcast about... Link's Awakening. Link's Awakening. What is Link's Awakening? Do we need to go into... Do we need to no. describe? No, the... we don't have okay. to, because the... 
podcast is going to take us through it, and by the end sure. of it, everybody's going to know everything about it because we're going to talk about it piece by piece. We're going to what's the first cover piece? everything comprehensively. Yeah. It's the complete guide yeah. to Koholint Island. What if it was the comprehensive guide to Koholint Island? I think that's too wordy. Okay, we'll stick with complete. I think complete is exactly the right length of All the right. word. Uh, so we're starting off uh, with the first tile in the game. We should probably say that we're not, like, these are kind of in a random order. They're weighted, um, weighted a little bit. Yes. To make it a little more interesting and so that we didn't have 16 rapid episodes in a row. In a row. Right. Because Ryan would go insane. Uh, uh, well, we'll get to that later. <laughs> uh, but we... I, I wanted to make the the first tile, the first tile in the game. And without thinking about it very much, I said, well, that's this tile. C16. C16. Which is not the first for tile in the it's game. It's absolutely not. But it's kind of still is. Because yeah. I thought the same thing when we were talking about, like, what what are we going to start on? I'm like, oh, we got to start on the map. We got to start on the one with the sword. Because that's right. your first goal. Cause, like, so this is the beach where you uh, are heading, like, out of right out of the beginning of the game where you start at Marin and Terran's house. Uh, you have to go to this tile where your sword is. Um, and just as you're about to grab it, the owl shows up and gives you a speech. I have part of that and speech here. Yeah? Because I really Why like... Why don't you tell us what it says? Uh, my notes say, the owl is kind of surprised to see you. Uh, he says, mm. part of the the part of the speech I put here is, so you are the lad who owns the sword. Now I understand why the monsters are starting to act so violently. I don't know why a week ago I really cared about that sentence. but I, I included that in my notes as well. I think that's a very evocative, cool sentence for beginning this journey yeah it's i mean we won't get into the part when you wake up but you 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 get to here and your sword is there and the, the the cool part is it's the intro to the game has you in a real limited path with very little interactability with your environment there's basically nothing you can do like a bush keeps you from getting places and then and and while you're waltzing around the overworld it plays this kind of how would you describe the the, the intro song? Your your it's it wants to it's like anticipating the Zelda theme. Um, uh, it's kind of a plunky, uh, uh, excited, not like really ominous version. Um, like if you compare it to in Breath of the Wild, uh, they would do a like. As, as things are just starting out, you would get this, um, like at the Temple of Time, there's that version of the Song of Time or is Zelda's Lullaby that is just so slow and like resigned. But this is adventure music, but like you know that you want to hear the Zelda theme and it doesn't quite do the Zelda theme. And then there's this transition where you get to this tile and mm -hmm. you grab the sword and you get... Uh, or no, you don't get to the sword yet. You get uh, you approach the sword, then the owl right. shows up, delivers a speech, and then it gives you back control of Link, and then you walk up and grab the sword, and it plays a very excited like get item tone, and yeah. then it does this like fanfare like pump up before the theme starts, right? Which is very good, and then he swings his sword 
and then it jumps into it, it does the whirlwind swing and then it jumps into the main game's theme and it's fantastic yes it is such a good little segment of the game where it's like okay cool game on we're good and then from there on the world becomes more interactable because you have the sword and you can get around and then things open up that weren't opened up before and it kind of starts the whole chain of okay i need this item to get this item i need this item to get this item it doesn't quite start that. not entirely There's a couple things i want to say about that yeah. because first of all we need to point out that you have to get the shield to get here correct you have to talk to Terran and he'll get tell you that oh hi brad i know your name because it's on the back of this shield um and without the shield you can't push the sea urchins aside to get to the sword yeah um which if you like any sane person would talk to Terran after before leaving that house right but it's possible to leave the house without talking to him go all over the place get to the beach see those sea urchins not know what to do with them and then have to backtrack and find Terran. Um, which reminds me kind of of um, in Link to the Past. You would know this better than me. Okay. Do you have to get the lantern? I don't know the actual. Uh, I th- let me think for a second. I think that see, I I, I only know it from Randomizer. Uh, oh sure. It's been so long since I played that game vanilla. What happens is if you don't have the lantern, you don't get the cool little outline around you in dark rooms. So they're genuinely right. completely dark. But then are are there any puzzles where you have to light lanterns yeah. to progress? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So uh, then if you don't have the lantern... You would have to go back and get it to do, uh, like, Desert Palace. Oh, but I mean in that introductory segment. I, I, it seems like you wouldn't need sewers. it, but I'm willing to bet there's some sort of lock preventing you from not going. But I don't know the answer to that question because I have not okay. played that game vanilla in like two years. I only did my research for this. Game. Yeah, I was gonna say that's whatever that other game. People like that, but like the past game, whatever. I'm just kidding. Before, like in Link's Awakening, even if you have the shield or whether you have the shield or not, you can. Like, you can go into Madame Meow Meow's room, or her house. Yeah. You can talk to her, right? Yeah. You can talk to the fisherman, but you can't pay, you can't get any rupees until you have a sword, so you yeah. can't do the fishing minigame. You can go to the quadruplets house. Um, it's similar in that way, in that you have this, like, town to explore before you get the sword and are actually able to do anything. But not all the town. Uh, it's similar to Ocarina of Time. No, not all of the town. Because you uh, can't you, go into the dream house. You can't go into the trendy game. You can't go to the trendy game. Um, but Ocarina of Time similarly has a little town for you to walk around in. Um, but, like, I was trying to think of other things in terms of how restrained the beginning of the game is. And I was thinking about if you consider, like, as soon as you get control in Majora's Mask, there's actually a long sequence that's on rails. Yeah. Where you don't get to explore um what else uh well first i'll talk about um it's not clear what sword this is if we're gonna get some some zelda lore here oh it's hmm. it's a sword and link has put his name on the sword but it's like 
uh, is this just some sword that he happens to like right now? Like, what's going on with this sword? I don't know. It's just some sword. This, like, at least when the game came out, I know that the timeline keeps changing, yeah. but at the time, this was kind of understood to be the Link to the Past Link, right? Right. And so this should be kind of that same sword that he got at the beginning of that game from his uncle. Right. So it's his uncle's sword. So it should have his uncle's name on it is what I'm saying. <laughs> um, ooh, here's a theory. Is that Link's uncle a different Link? I, I'm going to say no. Okay. But there's definitely in um, Link Between Worlds, there's that grandpa guy that is clearly like supposed yeah. to be another Link. So maybe. Uh-huh. Maybe. In um, which case, it would have Link's name on it because all Links have the same name. That's, I mean, it's, which is yeah. Zelda. That's like all the Zeldas have the same lullaby. It's fine. <laughs> um, the other note I have that's incredibly important, and that's what the note says it says, it is incredibly important to approach this tile from the left in order to move the urchin close enough to the sword so that when you mm. grab the sword, your spin attack kills it. Yep. You have to enter from the left. It's it, it's a bad start if you don't do that. Well, to enter from the right, you'd have to go all the way around. But you could also come from on top. Oh, okay. And if you come from the left, it's this little tiny, like, canyon thing, and mm-hmm. you have to push the urchin with your shield, and you got to get him close enough to the sword, and then you grab that sword, and his spin attack he does at the climax of the swelling and the music uh, takes him out too, and it's really rewarding. That is important. It's incredibly important. We should mention, yeah, there's uh, these urchins that are on the map there. Uh, yes. That are cute little enemies that have no defenses except their spikes. But they're not here to attack you. They're just there to be an obstacle. Uh, what else can we say? The other thing about the, uh, the owl's speech, he says, A courageous lad has come to wake the windfish. It's said that you cannot leave the island unless you wake the windfish. So he's like assuming that this is your job, telling you that what the goal of the game is. Yeah. You know right away, but it's put in these mythical terms where you don't know what waking the windfish entails. It seems like the owl doesn't know either. Uh, possibly, yeah. He seems like he's kind of feeling this out too. He's like, okay, well, there's monsters acting up and... Things are weird, and you showed up, so that's probably connected, so... I I think this is something we're going to have to get into more in other map tiles. Yeah, we'll explore the owl's motivations. But but for this moment, he definitely uh, seems unsure about the whole thing. At the same time, he's like, oh, you must be here to wake the windfish. That, That makes the most sense to him at that time. Um... And again, comparing to another game, the not the same owl, but the same a similar owl shows up in Ocarina of Time uh, to uh, explain what's going on, but in a much more verbose fashion. Yeah, and it's like partly a hardware thing where you can't have super long speeches. I assume. It's less practical to have super long speeches on the Game Boy when only so many words will fit on the screen at a time. Right. But um, I think most people will agree that the owl speeches in Link's Awakening are uh, not to draw out this sentence any longer than it needs to be better 
than the speeches in Ocarina of Time. I don't or think would you agree with that? I, I agree, and I don't think the that Capora Gabora, the owl mm-hmm. from Ocarina of Time, uh, is a very compelling character. No, I don't think I. This is not an Ocarina of Time podcast, but I could trash talk Capora Gabora for a while. Uh, some other time. <laughs> I don't know. It's just it's kind of a weird character that gets replaced. It feels like a vestige of, like later on in that in Ocarina of Time, you end up. It's like, oh well, now you're talking to people telepathically, and you're talking to Sheik a lot, and you're getting all this advice from other places. And then, Cap- well, are we talking about this or are we talking? I, about this? Because I, I could, I could, I have something to. All right, let's let's add. let's dig in because okay. I go go ahead and and and, and go what is the theory that Kepora Gebora is Raru 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 yeah yeah. That's uh What is the support for that? That uh let me see if I keep my pieces straight. There's a uh gossip stone that makes a weird oblique reference to say that like Raru the Sage seems gruff but he's got a he's got a light heart or something that like implies that he could be a bird. I'm gonna screw this up a lot. Anyways, it's confirmed. So who cares? It's confirmed uh, as of uh, Hyrule Historia uh, that that was the intention. That that's Raru flying around and doing stuff. So again, confirmed that that was the intention. Or I've confirmed that. Oh, okay, let's let's rephrase that. Yeah, because it's not necessarily intention. Because it's not like they went back because to Hyrule Historia is a bunch of speculation that was chiseled into a rock yes and then that rock is available at barnes and noble uh yeah um but that's that's hyrule historia has it as that has it as raru is uh kapora gabora and i don't know that character becomes less relevant as like it's he's useful for like two scenes and then there's a bunch of other people that are there to do exposition that are way more interesting than mm-hmm. a random owl so he becomes really irrelevant it's kind of like well we just maybe we had a bigger role at some point and then we just decided to not use him to bring it back to Link's awakening yeah i what i want to talk about more and a different tile is the possibility that this owl is also a different character kind of in disguise. Yeah. And there's a lot of interesting things to talk about there when we get to some more stuff to dig into more than just the two lines we have right now. <laughs> sure. Um, so I think we've discussed C-16 to completion. Yeah, absolutely. I think we're complete. All right. Um then that'll be the end of this episode. What's the next tile? I didn't look and see. Next tile we're doing is N16. N16. So So look forward to that. And we will see you next time. Yeah.